This is the Tree of Life, Season 6, Chapter 7. In this episode, we will be talking about two kinds of experience, which may be negated, or affirmed as part of the development of an affirmational, or archetypal structure, and a negational structure. To start out, negational structures were described as structures which use one experience to negate another experience. Affirmational structures were described as structures which use one experience to affirm another experience. However, there are two types of experiences which may be negated or affirmed as part of the development of a structure. On the one hand, there are experiences which constitute direct ground. These are experiences which are shared, representing a common substrate between two people. Second, there are experiences which are indirect ground, representing contingent experiences, which are linked to an experience which is direct ground. Experiences which are common represent the relational preservation of tension contained within an archetypal constellation or an affirmational structure. They often entail coupling of some kind as between the two people engaged in that experience. Experiences which are contingent represent the affirmational residue of that experience, being fundamentally linked to the direct ground itself. Now, the process of creating negational structures involves the negation of a direct ground experience with a contingent structure constructed upon distinct direct ground experiences. Which is to say, in nullification of the ground of an experience, i.e. direct ground, by an indirect ground, or contingent structure constructed upon distinct direct ground. Thus, contingent structures built upon direct ground experiences compete within the mind through the indirect ground or contingent structures they create. These direct ground experiences form the basis of the conjoined consensuality. They preserve the coupling of archetypal and spatial non-consensual states through non-linearity which means that negation of a direct ground experience is never local, but is rather a global phenomenon, impacting all individuals for whom that experience is common. Recognizing that your own internal emotional reactions, either negating or affirmational, to your own experiences, when those experiences are shared, represents a particular form of consciousness, associated with a kind of group awareness. 4. The experiences which you have with other people, form a common substrate, and there is feedback between the structures built upon those experiences. These structures interact, as surely, as people do, beyond the limits of our perception, through non-linearity. What was clear from the nine dialogues of each intersection, was that there was no true subjective space, beyond the affirmational quality of the other's narratives. However, what is clear from non-linearity, is that there is no truly segregated subjective space within an individual's experiences, which does not require negation of some common ground. Now, whether this negation occurs a priori or post-priori, is merely a question of the antecedent state of the social actor. For example, if the actor is spatial non-consensual, that is, generated by a spatial non-consensual line, then that negation is a priori, or precedes each intersection. If that actor is archetypal consensual, then that negation is post-priori, or created in the vacuum of common associations. All of this means, that the structures built upon common experiences, produce common trait representation not because of a purely parallel process, 
but further to the direct interaction of segregated people within nonlinearity at all times. Ultimately, this means that the sublimating process through which associations are loosened raise ethical questions about who has property over the particular experiences in question. Although it can be said that a priori negation, that a spatial non-consensual generated actor, would by virtue of that state possess a greater freedom, or autonomy internally, can it truly be said that they would hold common experiences in greater property than any other? The division thus between the archetypal generated spatial non-consensual actor and the spatial non-consensual actor becomes fundamental to the question of who has freedom or autonomy, as well as who has property in common experiences. It does not seem equitable nor reasonable to stratify people by what their origins are, to rank them in their rights over the common inheritance which is experience. If an archetypal individual desires to carve out some autonomy by negation, or sublimation, thereby achieving a spatial non-consensual state in the vacuum of those experiences, why should they be any less right to do so than one whose state is a priori? It is a fundamental question, indeed, whether and to what degree the other holds the right to restrict the thought processes of an individual social actor, when those thought processes run afoul of a common ownership over the constituent experiences. Thus, by virtue of this group awareness, the fundamental question becomes one of ethics. Whether and to what degree it is permissible to impose on an individual's ability to sublimate or negate with respect to common experiences. That's the end of the podcast for today.